What's up, everyone? You are listening to another episode of the Alaskan Grappler podcast. I am your host, Dennis Ackman. On this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Jared Miller. Jared wrestled for Dillingham and was the first ever four-time state champion for small schools in the state of Alaska. He also took home outstanding wrestler honors his senior year. Given the current events of the world, we talk a little bit about the coronavirus. We then hop right into business and start talking about wrestling and when and how he got involved with the sport. We talk about his four state titles, his journey with wrestling after high school, what he thinks it takes to be successful, his toughest opponents, favorite moments, and so much more. Without any more delay, here's that interview with Jared Miller. All right, so we're going to start off normally a little bit, uh, normally I start off with this typical question for everybody, but we're going to skip that one, we're going to do it second, and we're going to talk about the coronavirus and what's going on right now. And uh, just, I I have no, any kind of like political agenda or anything like this or anything at all. I just was kind of curious on how you feel about everything, how it's affecting you right now, because you're going to school at UAF, right? Right, yeah. So I guess what are your thoughts on this whole thing that's going on right now, and how's it affecting you? Well, how it's affecting me is I got another week off class, <laughs> and I don't want to make light of the situation, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people that are affected, and I know that me being a, you know, a young, healthy person, I'm I'm not really at risk, but there, you know, there's a lot of vulnerable people, and so it's, it's a scary thing, but my personal opinion is, I guess, you know, shouldn't panic about it, it's something to take seriously, but... Um, but yeah, my girlfriend's got the week off work, so we're gonna go try to catch some monster lake trout. I think. There you and, go. You know. With that extra week of uh, spring break, do you have to make up for it at the end, or is it just off your schedule? No, they don't like add it, right? Yeah, it's okay. just off. It's just off, and then after that, it sounds like the rest of the semester is gonna be all teleconference and oh, all interesting. audio. So there's, I don't think there's any required classes to meet in person. Well, so kinda, I don't know how that's kind of nice. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I was just curious. And then were you aware? I don't know how much you know about or read anything, but for example, the NCAA wrestling championships are canceled. I am very aware. Yeah, this is, I mean, probably you too. This is like my Super Bowl. And again, I don't oh, make sure. light of, you know, how serious it is, but man, that's that's devastating for me, the cancellation of all the sports and yeah. especially the D1 wrestling tournament, man. I, yeah. I was just talking to my wife about it yesterday and was just saying like, you know, don't get me wrong. I feel for the people that are, you know, infected and are actually sick and the people that have passed away and all that stuff. It isn't, you know, it doesn't seem to be that it's very serious. It doesn't seem to be anything like taken lightly. And I get all these like associations like taking precautions, but I really feel for those athletes. Oh man, the, the people that are especially. In. Yeah, Jeez. exactly. And then the other, there's, you know, the other NCAA sports too. I mean, there's always supposed to be this March Madness thing. It brings in a ton of money and people are betting on that, blah, 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 and men and women. And then not only their tournament, but like how many people for basketball, for example, are like looking at that senior year trying to really make a statement to try to get in the NBA or this is their last chance to really try to, you know, make it to the NCAA tournament. And same thing with wrestling. These guys put their lives on the line. And I mean, it's nonstop work, like a lot of work for this at the end of the year it's like what everybody like dreams of that wrestles and like d1 call like i just you know it'd be cool to be a national champion and clearly some people do it like you know a handful of times or whatever in the championship a few times but how many people are like you know someone graduated and they're not maybe in their weight class or they're in just the right position this year to really make a run at a title and then just gone 
Right. And I just, I just feel so bad. I just, I don't know. I, and they talked about the idea of like postponing, but I mean, like, how would that work? You got guys trying to like maintain weight, and like, are we talking about postponing like a month, two months? I mean, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. I've never heard of anything like this, obviously, you know, and then even pro sports being canceled and stuff. I was actually supposed to go to Las Vegas next weekend and catch a, a, a hockey game or whatever. And, and I kind of was like, our trip got canceled. And I was like, all right, well, cool. I'll at least be able to watch the D1 National Championship now. Because that was, you know, Dylan was like, hey, man, because I've been watching that for like 15 years straight. I don't right, think I right. missed a year. And uh, it was supposed to fall on my birthday this year, next Saturday. So he's like, hey, well, at least we'll be able to watch that. I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And then that crap came out like yesterday or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, never mind. Right. <laughs> I'll just have a shitty birthday, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I just I just wanted to touch base on that. I don't know enough about anything. A lot of stuff that I've read, I'm like medical professionals saying it's not a big deal. And then there's other medical professionals saying it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you know, I sit on the, I, I don't know anything, right. you know, I'm not going to speak on something I don't, don't know much about. Yeah, I don't feel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not qualified enough to say that, you know, we're making too much of a big deal about it. The one thing is unfortunate is the people that are like panicking and like really like, you know, going wiping out the stores and right. the essentials that people actually need who aren't panicking. Or then you have the people mm-hmm. that, but now you kind of got it. Like, yeah. So now you have shit. the people that are going to like, have toilet paper panic. too. Right. So I got to get in on this. Cause you also don't know how long point. this is going to last or like the, this, right. these people's like mentality of acting this way so like you're gonna be like well these people are panicking and i'm not panicking but i should go in there and get some stuff too that way the people that do panic (laughs) don't take it all but then by you doing that you're making it worse like it just literally just like a trickle down effect it's insane yeah yeah i like i'm not qualified really to to talk on it too much but i think that the u.s is just i mean it's just the tip of the iceberg for us you know i think that china i mean italy's still in the midst of it and yeah i think china started about a month ago maybe and yeah sure so i think i think the worst is still ahead for the u.s but um yeah it's easy for me to to uh (laughs) be upset as a spectator about all the sports but man i can't imagine just those seniors especially just must be devastated i can't i can't imagine working your entire life being at the pinnacle right there being at the top of your you know just all your all your hard work coming to fruition and, and just having that yeah seriously you hear about some of these stories of these guys that they grow up and they you know and while they're growing up they maybe watch someone on tv or something or just somehow catch win and they're like that might be their goal you know some people they start off with like i want to be a state champ and then they i mean i talked to jimmy eggemeyer last week that was his goal he wanted to be on their state placer board or something at kodiak and then he made it so there's next goal is that he want to be a state champ and then he did it you know there's just people out there that like have like one step at a time but you know there's people that just have like man i just i want to be a national champion i want to be on that stage wrestling on tv wrestling in front of all these people on this arena and and win a national title like that you know and then they do and then they're done or whatever they try to go on and compete further but yeah for that to be taken away from them the other thing that they were talking about was like you know limiting to amount of fans or just right. only like having yeah. some like immediate family and like event staff and then that got taken away and it just it just seems crazy that there's nothing that they can do where they're just like hey how about we let the coaches and the athletes just come in mm-hmm. and then the officials and then we'll just do that we'll at least figure out the national champions but you know at least wrestle the tournament no friends or family yeah that sucks but i mean just as a precaution but at least you would still get the end result and it'd be really weird i mean wrestling with like no one there would be like (laughs) super like i don't know just really interesting i've heard people talking about 
breaking each weight class up into like a different high school and so you got 50 people and you got the 125 pounders wrestling one spot it's like man this is this is unprecedented territory yeah it's, totally it's it's and it's also on everybody else that you know they've never had to deal with anything right. like this or see anything like that so they don't know either and i get everybody trying to like be you know precautious and like you right. know do the right thing it's just i don't know it just seems it's just crazy unfortunate. i you know i think it is the right thing probably but I do too. it's it's just really unfortunate that you go on a 10 dollar cruise right now <laughs> <laughs> it was funny i saw this thing that uh, this like meme or whatever yesterday that was just like um, I was like, yeah, coronavirus is going crazy, but, you know, who wants to go to Puerto Rico for lunch tomorrow? Because <laughs> ticket <laughs> right. prices are so low. Right, no Anyways, all right, we'll get off coronavirus. We'll, we'll start talking about some wrestling. Uh, we're going to go all the way back, I don't know how far back, to your past. And the number one question I usually ask people is, when did you start wrestling? And then why or who got you into the sport? I started wrestling when I was probably uh, five or six years old, and we had a... We had a peewee program at the elementary school and our high school wrestling program was was really good at the time i i you know as, long, as young as i can remember i remember going and watching you know all the wrestling tournaments as my brothers were in high school before i've got four brothers so i got to watch them wrestle at state um was, all but, older brothers or uh three of them are older and okay. they all wrestled so gotcha. so i definitely definitely uh they were a big impact I grew up uh, getting beat up by them and they, you know probably made me tough and uh, and I, I was lucky enough to be able to go to several of the state tournaments that they're wrestling at and I think that was kind of when I realized like man this I love this like I want to be out there someday so yeah just my family uh, my my grandpa I didn't I didn't get to meet either of my dad's parents they both passed away before before I was born but my but his dad was a really good wrestler he was an Olympic alternate he was oh, wow. a, a pilot in the Marines Dang. in Vietnam so just this really cool guy that I never got to meet so I I think in the back of my mind I was always like man I want to yeah want to make him proud try yeah. to be like him and, and his wife my was an artist and I realized real early that I couldn't draw for shit so it's <laughs> like yeah, one or the other. <laughs> right so you're not making her proud <laughs> she's Maybe I can turn wrestling into a little bit of an art, and uh, so that was always in the back of my mind too. And so yeah. that 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 Pee Wee program or whatever, as you spoke, was that freestyle or was that just like a folk style thing? Yeah, it was just, just real basic. Get out uh, there like two and... weeks, you know, learning oh, okay. takedowns and stuff, and sure. then and then uh, a tournament at the end of it. And but probably in my younger years, I gained most of my experience just from wrestling with my brothers and you know learning higher techniques than than other kids my age were at the time just from them so, sure yeah. yeah so basically you started when you're when you're a little little guy five or six years old and you kind of fell in love with it by just watching your brothers and it kind of was you know came through your family or whatever and that's what how you got into it so let's talk about your biggest influences in your wrestling career growing up through you know who have been some of your biggest influences in your wrestling career I uh, definitely, I was, I was lucky to have some awesome coaching. Uh, John Johnson was my head coach throughout high school. He uh, he coached with the Zaleski brothers in Palmer. Oh, okay. And, you know, they ended up, uh, one of them went coached with head coach at Iowa. Right. So he, he's uh, very influential on me for sure. Max LeClaire, uh, William Savo, a couple coaches. And, uh, you know, I was, just, I was just really blessed to have great coaching. And then you know, my brothers are who I looked up to the most definitely growing up and um, and then I was, I've just always been obsessed with uh, college wrestling, you know, watching it. I've probably been watching it for about 15 years too. Yeah. Um, and just, 
I'm kind of a sports fanatic all around. Just I love keeping track of of most sports and especially college wrestling. So that was something I was always interested in. Uh, I think Franklin Gomez was probably one of my favorite wrestlers growing up watching. Anthony Robles, obviously very inspiring, wrestling with one leg and winning a national title. Yeah, for sure. I remember that. Well, let's talk about your head coach, I guess, in particular. What was his coaching style like? By the time I got into high school... Uh, Changed a little bit. All the older guys said, oh, you guys are so lucky. Was he the same coach for your brothers? Yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was there from 2000 on, if I remember right. So he coached coached all my older brothers. And uh, the year I graduated was his last year. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I was lucky he stuck around, stuck around for me. But uh, So was he kind of like maybe like a hard-ass before? He was a hard-ass before. And it kind of simmered down yeah. by the time you got in there? Yeah, some of the older the older guys that had him uh, earlier in his career came into the practice room. He's like, man, you guys are... You <laughs> but guys what happened are, here? <laughs> but uh, just, just incredibly knowledgeable and just a wise guy. You know, he knew how to, to uh, inspire people differently because, you know... He, from a coaching standpoint, every kid needs something a little bit different to, to motivate and inspire them. He's just really, really good at that. And I'm really, really lucky to have him in there. Do you talk to him anymore or keep in contact at all through, I don't know, social media or anything at all? Yeah. Yeah. I still talk to him every once in a while. He's living in Montana on a ranch. Retired just, or whatever. Just retired, living his best life. He's yeah, got. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about your time in high school. You were the first ever four-time 3A small school whatever you want to call it uh, state champion I have like a lot of questions in regards to that let's start off with instead of asking you like six at a time when you came to high school was that a goal to actually be a four-time or were you like you know what my main goal is to be a state champion and then kind of just go from there or just came together or um four four was my only goal like that since I was in seventh grade that's kind of I don't know why but it it was it was kind of four or nothing. Like I would have felt like uh, I would have been pretty bummed out if I hadn't won four. It's just I remember I was in seventh grade and I remember my IM messenger was future four time state champion. <laughs> <laughs> and my older brother, who was a senior at the time, he came. He's like, kind of laughed at me and smacked me around a little bit. You know, like don't get cocky, Jesus. But uh, it's you know it's just something I always felt that I could do. I remember watching. Uh, keeping track of you know who was in high school at 103 and I was like man as long as Randy Hansen bumps up by the time I get in there I, I think I can do it you know? I think I got a shot yeah so the other really interesting thing and I don't know if this has been done before so out of the four years you wrestled the same kid in the finals three times right and right. his name was Gabe Cabrera Gabe Cabrera right? from, from Nome from Nome yeah. and was that I mean do you remember was that freshman sophomore junior year yep that's correct yep what was that like wrestling did that give you like a boost of confidence knowing like after you got him you're like i got you dude like <laughs> you know you're not gonna stand a chance or did he get better i mean he we progressed pretty similarly i think that that first state title match we had never wrestled before and uh was he the same age as you yeah yeah okay. we were both freshmen together and uh and he he didn't wrestle a lot of the season for with some personal issues and uh and so I hadn't seen him at any of the other tournaments, and he came into to state on fire. Like everyone expected it to be me and Zach Pleasant, who ended up being a two-time state champion from Bethel. And I remember watching. I think I pinned the kid in my semis match, and so I was able to watch his semis, and he just tore up Zach Pleasant. <laughs> I was like, "All right, man, like, yeah, my work cut out. It's on, you know." 
And that that first day titles match was pretty wild. We were, I I think I was up four to one the first period, and then he stormed back and and he took a lead in the third period is like twelve to thirteen or something Dang. like that. I just wanted a match. And I was gassing, and I I got a standing switch and got on top and. And all the momentum was like going towards him. I was, you know, I think I was tied after that switch or up by one. And I locked up, he tried to stand up and I locked up a cradle, took it back and, and got the pen with about 30 seconds left and I needed it. But, um, <laughs> but um, Fading quick. <laughs> right. So I think that kind of set the tone for the rest of the rivalry. You know, yeah, I, sure. that was the closest match we had. Yeah, but he always came to Wrestle Estate. I don't think he was ever... Uh, a lot of people didn't expect him to make the finals any of those years. I think sophomore year, Mario Cuco, who was a sure, yeah. really good wrestler, state champ, he, he beat Cuco pretty convincingly, I think, in the semis. And then I think o Doug O'Hara, junior oh, yeah. So he just he always came to wrestle at state. And, so he showed up. And we always had good matches, yeah. Is that the only times you wrestled him at state, or did you actually see him in any tournaments other than that, uh, like after that, mm -hmm. do you know or remember? Um, we wrestled at Nikiski Duels once. We wrestled in Dillingham one time at the Wolverine Classic. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you know if he – did he end up winning a state title senior year? You guys were on different weight classes? He didn't? Yeah, he didn't. Um, he lost to Emery Bushu. Oh. Came in as a freshman. Brutal. And he'd been – I think he beat Bushu to – or three times that year and, and he ended up being a four-time state champ and then Bush ended up being a four-time wow so. and then yeah. was that in the state finals do you know at all or was yeah, that, that was a, that so was he was a four-time state finalist yep. and just a four-time runner-up yep. wow that's got to be pretty devastating did you know him well obviously he he like lived somewhere else but did you ever talk to him or anything like that were you like a social you know how there's like social wrestlers who like go and like talk to everybody and there's other people that just like keep it themselves and uh -huh. were like yeah if you approach me i might just murder you <laughs> we talked a little bit i definitely wasn't a social uh wrestler like i guess i'm kind of old school in that matter like i I don't know. I didn't want to get to know anybody that yeah, I, that yeah. I wanted to smash, to, you know, think of in practice as just like a, a bad guy that yeah. I wanted to. Yeah, I don't want to wrestle my buddy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Do you think that like he thought about like dodging you at any point, or like why why wouldn't he have done that? Do you think that he like just maybe like thought that he could hang, or maybe just the way his team was, or anything like that? I don't know. I'm not really necessarily a fan of people dodging other people or nothing because I just think that you know you should just man up and go go get it but at the same time when you're wrestling someone of like your caliber being like especially after back to back being like all right you know what i'm like getting out of here yeah i don't know for sure but if i had to speculate i'd say that dodging me never crossed his mind because i think there were several years where he could have gone up or down and Done probably probably one state or you know maybe had a little better shot yeah, it's really interesting and one I, of his yeah. coaches just told him like hey go get him like, I, I think that was just always in his mind. I think he always thought he could, and he and props to him for never, you know, backing down. So after you wrestled him like the first time in particular, and you got the pin in the finals, even though it was like close up to that point, did you feel that you had like the mental edge after that? Like every time you wrestled him, being like, you know, some people kind of like get defeated in their mind already. They wrestle somebody, they lose. And they're kind of like, damn, all right. Even if it's close, some people just like, you know, defeat themselves mentally already. Do you think that that gave you personally like a mental edge knowing that you're going out there and be like, I got your number, dude. Already. Mm, I don't think that match did because I... Because it was so close. It was and, so close. I think I maybe got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. You know, I, I knew I needed that pin there at the end. But we wrestled the next... That summer, we uh, both went to J-Rob in Oregon. Oh, okay. J-Rob Wrestling Camp. And... And so we wrestled quite a bit there, and I I felt like that's where he gained the edge. 
I don't know. Just I made a big big step forward that year in large part because of J Rob, I think. But you know, I was picking out the best the best kids there to, to wrestle with and I got I about got beat quite a bit at that camp. And, sure, yeah. And it seems like by the end of camp when I wrestled Cabrera, I just I felt a little more solid, like a little more confident and Sure. So I think that's where you get the edge, probably. So speaking of the edge, what do you think set you apart from other people that you wrestled? I mean, there's other people, plenty of people out there who start wrestling when they're five and six years old, you know, and have plenty of experience and maybe even have a similar passion that you did. But what do you think gave you the edge? You know, your, your mentality, your technique, your will to win, competitiveness. I mean, anything in particular that you can think like, you know what, every time I walked out there, I felt like I... I had this advantage over people. My goal was all—I I, always—I was really stressed out, all, you know, all the time. I took wrestling super, probably too seriously in high school, to where I maybe didn't have as much fun looking back as you know. Maybe I would have lightened up a little more. But my goal when when I went onto the mat is to feel like I didn't have to be nervous because I knew that I trained hard enough to, you know. If I lose, then at least I did everything that I could to win, you know, all summer, sure. you know, during the season, extra sprints every single day after practice. In eighth grade, I wrestled middle school practice every day, and then I went and wrestled high school practice right back to back every single day Thanks. in eighth grade. And, it, you know, just I've never had a goal that was so clear in, in my life other than that, you know, so it was it was just easy to to work hard and. Yeah, it's maybe not easy, but uh, right. But like when you have like that set goal in mind, where you want to like you know achieve that, it makes it like something that you're like constantly working for, and you know what you're constantly working for. Where a lot of people kind of like, I wouldn't say a lot of people, I guess, but people lose that a lot, right? They lose right. like maybe their passion, or they aren't like goal driven because they just you know, I don't know, they just lose it along mm-hmm. the way. Or some people achieve so much success, and it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. Speaking of which, you know, is that what kept you motivated? The idea that you know. One's not good enough. Two's not good enough. I'm going for four. That because some people win and they and they're on top all the time, and then they they just get I don't know complacent with how they what they've already accomplished, right? And then so they seem to like kind of fall off with how hard they're working or whatever because they're like, yeah, I'm the top dog. I'm already you know I already won state before two or whatever, kicking ass right now. Is that you think that's what keep you like motivated to keep working hard? The idea of like I want four, I want four. Yeah, I think that's definitely what kept me sharp. You know, I never felt satisfied after one, two, or three. You know, I, I never really partied in high school. I was you know always pretty straight and narrow there, and and I was just lucky to have. You know, I never could have done it if I didn't have really good coaching and if I didn't have really good teammates to you know to compete with and practice. And I never would have done it if I wasn't raised by really good parents that taught me good work ethic and I never would have done it if I didn't have you know brothers to whoop me when I was young and uh, so it was a lot of things but I definitely definitely four was the goal to from from the start and I you know that that kept me sharp throughout my high school career minus me and you like you know coaching a little bit together at Lathrop I mean I really don't know you outside of you know that and me kind of you just shooting the breeze through some Facebook messages here and there so what happened after high school did you go and wrestle in college? Yeah, so uh, I ended up going to Southern Oregon University. I had... well, real quick, sorry to interrupt. At, I mean, while in high school, your goal was to win four. Was your goal to wrestle in college? I had never thought about it a whole lot throughout, you know, growing up throughout high school because I never wanted to, 
you know, four was my goal, ahead. and I, I didn't want to get ahead. Just like sure. just like in a wrestling tournament, you never want to look past right. your semis yeah. match. Who am I going to have in the finals? <laughs> right. yeah. That was kind of my, my mentality on it. It's a good mentality. And, uh, yeah, so after I got done wrestling in high school, then I started thinking about it. And so I, I went on a recruiting trip to the University of Wyoming. They paid my way down there, and they gave me a scholarship offer. And a couple other D1 programs, uh, Northern Colorado, gave me a scholarship offer. I'd been going to camps there since eighth grade and had a good relationship with the, the coach there. And, and uh, but my one of my best friends, Reed Tennyson, had just gone to wrestle at Southern Oregon, and uh, and he wrestled with you at Dillingham, right? Right, yeah, okay. he's a state champ at Dillingham, and one of my best friends. We grew up together, and and my girlfriend ended up signing with the basketball team at Southern Oregon, and so I was Same, like, kind of smart. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, you know, I'll go to Southern Oregon, even though I had these scholarship offers to to bigger places, but uh, you know, just wrestling with my buddy and being down there seemed like a it was really appealing so i went to sou and i was not super responsible at the time and it's always hard getting away from home being 18 and it was tough got really homesick and i kind of i felt really independent uh before i went to college and i was like man i can do all my college stuff by myself and and, uh, after the first semester i got my like my bill from sou i was like holy (laughs) <laughs> like, I cannot afford to go here. What am I doing? Like, I, you know, without taking out some big loans that, you know, I just, I don't have the money to do this. And so I ended up going home after my first semester and that was a big eye opener. Yeah. Big bummer. But, um, I worked, I went to work. I was taking some online classes and was painting houses, uh, for U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. And, and, uh, I still had that fire to, to wrestle in college after that that summer because I, you know, I just got a little taste of it as redshirting behind uh, Mitch Lofsted, who's a three-time oh. national <laughs> champion, and, <laughs> okay. and kicking my butt every day. So I was, so I didn't, uh, I didn't really have enough experience yet to decide if, if if I wanted to keep wrestling in college or not. So yeah, sure. So after that summer, I went and wrestled in North Idaho College. They had just come off winning uh, JUCO national championships. And went there, and uh, I got the, the starting spot at 125, and I was ranked as high as fourth in the nation for a little bit. But I never, I don't know, I didn't have the same drive as I did in high school. It's not something that I had. Um, yeah. Well, you're talking about like a totally different ball game. Right, it's a lot, for sure. a lot different. And like you mentioned, I mean, like being out of state and being away from your family, and then you know, it's just it's totally different. I mean, totally you different. get on your own and you got, you know, I mean, minus your one friend and your girlfriend, you got no friends, no family, you know, and then you go to northern Idaho and I mean, I don't know if you had any friends or family there, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's not like the easiest thing in the world. So, northern Idaho and then after that, you said you got ranked as high as fourth and then just the passion kind of went away or just uh, it was just tough. I, right. you know, I wasn't training as hard as probably wasn't training as hard as I was in high school, even oh, you know, okay. despite being at a college program. But I, I qualified for the national tournament and I, I drew the one seed and went <laughs> went to and out. But uh, it, I mean, it was a great experience. I, I was cutting weight from I was cutting about twenty pounds. That's one thing I was going to ask. I don't I don't want to cut off the that your story real quick. But did you have to cut a lot of weight in high school? No, no, I I very I rarely cut water weight, weight or something. Yeah, I cut Last I cut time. weight a couple times going down to Reno, and that's the only national tournament I ever went to in high school, and so I'd, I'd cut weight for that, but I 
it was nothing like the weight I was cutting in, in college. So yeah. that was eye opener and brutal. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. It sucked. Twenty pounds ain't no joke yeah. either. Let's jump to uh, some different stuff here. Kind of jumped around on my sheet here. What do you think it takes to be successful in wrestling? It takes a lot of things. I think you got to be okay with being uncomfortable a lot. <laughs> you know, sure. wrestlers are they're a different breed. I mean, you you hear people like Joe Rogan talking about MMA, and all these guys that are that are, they, they do jujitsu, they're boxers, they're kickboxers. And Joe Rogan will say, oh, yeah, wrestling is the, the toughest of, and the most important base for all MMA. And that's that gets you thinking. And it's like yeah. every single day, every practice sucks. I mean, yeah. you, have to, you yeah. have to enjoy that. You have to, you know, enjoy that feeling you get from getting done with a practice like that and kind of that euphoria. And so you, you, have, to, you have to be okay with being uncomfortable. And you've you got to have a good work ethic. You've got to love something about it. Right. So, I mean, I I played basketball too. I was I'm five foot four, but I was third team all state my senior year basketball player, and I loved playing basketball. But but I never felt the same satisfaction from it. Sure. And I loved, even though practice is fun and wrestling practice, you know, usually sucked. <laughs> so you just it's it's not as rewarding. And I think that there's a, a lesson to be learned there just for everything in life. You know, just the things that take a lot of work and the process might not be easy or fun, but those are the things that are typically the most worthwhile. And Let's talk about the opposite side of the spectrum. Well, not necessarily the opposite. So we talked about what it takes to be successful. What, what do you think the hardest part about wrestling is? Cutting weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, just just sticking with it, you know, it, it can be grueling, whether you're talking about a, over a season or over a career, you know, just uh, just being able to just stick with it. The discipline is something that you just, you don't need for a lot of sports. Yeah. Know? But it's it's essential in wrestling. Let's talk about a pre-match routine. Did you have a specific pre-match routine as far as uh, like warming up or when you decided that you were going to get up and start kind of like loosening up? And I mean, obviously that changes over time because, you know, you start at 103 and then you graduate at 125 or whatever. 126. I, mean, I guess the weight class yeah. has changed. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> so is there a specific time where you're like, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to get start getting loose. Is there any specific like, you know, jumping jacks, some push-ups, some sprints, some just bouncing around or... Did you have a specific thing that you did in particular before every match? Yeah, I tried to I tried to keep it as as uh, uniform as possible between between every tournament. I wanted it to be kind of the same, and I tried to keep it pretty similar to just a warm up in practice. You know, I wanted it to be like just another you know just another match, just another you know day of practice. And sure. so I I do a lot of sh- shadow wrestling was probably the biggest thing. Find a spot where I had some room to do some shadow wrestling and. And then I'd like to do a few sprints, not too many, but you know, a couple sprints just to Your just to make sure out. I was ready from the from the whistle. But yeah, yeah, really shadow wrestling would be the biggest thing. And then uh, let's talk about post weigh in go to for food and drink. Did you have a specific thing that you went to every time, or in particular that you're like, you know what, after weigh ins, I I need me a blue Gatorade and a I don't know, Snickers bar, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, just a sandwich, man. Any old sandwich. I was never too picky, but a sandwich, granola bar, maybe a yogurt and banana or something like that. What about a drink? Just crushing some water? Are you drinking anything in particular? Uh, nothing can replace water for me. I I don't know. I feel like 
I drink Gatorade sometimes. I get heartburn sure, sometimes. Yeah. But so water was definitely the water and a sandwich. Favorite, yeah. Let's go water and sandwich. How <laughs> um, much has changed? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a step away from wrestling just for a little bit and and just kind of talk about maybe some just random personal life things like uh what kind of hobbies do you have i know that you're an outdoors guy uh what are your favorite favorite things to kind of do you know outside of uh your normal life i mean you mentioned going fishing uh-huh. big fisher hunter yeah i love love hunting love uh fish all fishing uh fly fishing is my favorite grew up hunt other than wrestling growing up my favorite you know favorite time of the year was moose season gotta go out with all my brothers and my dad and you know just be out and in, in nature and lucky to grow up in, in Dillingham where I did because we go up to Nishigak, a boat ride and you know see very few people and feel like you're alone in the woods that's kind of a, a feeling that I still cherish and I just like getting out there it's that's where I was always able to clear my head and it'd be right before wrestling season so that was kind of a ritual for me just like yeah, sure. being out there in the autumn air and looking for moose and and, it, and that's a lot of work too so like, <laughs> you know it's all fun until that moose drops and yeah. it's like Shit, now we gotta get to work. <laughs> so tell me about Dillingham. I'm, I've never been there. What's it like growing up there? What will bring your family there? Uh, my dad worked for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Okay. And so we moved from Washington to Dillingham when I was two years old. My little brother was like six weeks. Dang. So you were born in Washington. I was born in Washington. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so we moved to Dillingham when I was really young, and uh, I just I, I love it. Uh, there's there's just like anywhere. There's some uh, bad things about it. But like what? There's some drug problems okay. that weren't as prevalent when I was in high school. It seems like it might be getting worse. And you know, there's small town politics that get old. But but man, I you know I would I would never trade you know, trade my childhood for anything to grow up and and be able to go hunting and fishing and you know take a snow machine and get out and not be able to see anybody. Snow and, machine, not snowmobile. Yeah, not snowmobile. <laughs> Sled, snow goes yeah. simple, but. Uh, is Dillingham a place where it's like everybody knows everybody type thing or yeah no? yeah okay yeah. and that's the other thing you know uh and I'm sure that people have good friends here and good groups of friends but you know just uh biking biking down the road and I hang out and go play basketball with all you know all my friends growing up and it was pretty pretty tight-knit community does your family still live there no my my dad and my mom both uh, retired two years ago. Okay. And they're back in the Rockies. They grew up in Colorado, uh, so they're they're uh, living with my helping out my grandpa right now and uh, kind of house hunting. But when's the last time you've been to Dillingham? Uh, the last time I was in Dillingham was last summer. I, com- okay. I commercial fish there in the summer. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, so right on. Let's talk about sports. You mentioned sports. You're a sports guy. What uh, major four sports or whatever the the core four the baseball basketball football hockey sure yeah i mean (laughs) so what what exactly do you fall i mean besides like you know like wrestling and other things Mm -hmm. like that because i consider myself a a relatively big sports guy too i mean i watch uh you know i always have my my tv on espn or whatever but uh you you sports fan as far as you know we well we talked about football Mm -hmm. who's your favorite football team broncos colorado everything Colorado. i I love i love all four of the big sports i follow them avalanche are doing super good well we're doing pretty yeah, good this they don't season. Have a, they don't have a season anymore, man. What are you right, talking yeah. about? <laughs> so I'm, I, in my mind, they just won the Stanley Cup. You know, 
that's weird because I'm a Detroit Red, Wing, Red Wings fan, and, and despite them being in the last place, I think that they actually were the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah, so you're just a just a Colorado fan because uh, your 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 family or whatever have ties to that. Is that kind of how that comes from? Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, just growing up as a little kid, I super into stats and, and sure. just just you know, kind of like you, just a sports nerd about it all. So. Yeah. When you've been, when you can name all the running backs that the Denver Broncos have had since you know, 1996, <laughs> then you you know you start to feel a real attachment for those teams. So. Let's talk about fantasy football for a sec. Okay, all right. So uh, this last season, how, how do you remember how'd you do? Yeah, I do. I do remember well. Was that a good or bad day? I missed out on the playoffs by one game. I had Ooh. the first pick in the draft. And Who'd I you went, take? I went Saquon instead of uh, Christian McCaffrey. You know? Okay, fist bump on that. <laughs> I, well, I didn't have Saquon in the first round or the first pick. I, I think I got third pick, and my older brother had the first pick, and he took Alvin Kamara. Big Ooh, mistake. Big mistake. Yeah, yeah, terrible year. And then the number two guy, I believe, took Christian McCaffrey. So I, I was going to take Saquon kind of like – the fact that he was there at three, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I mean, not that it was no big deal, but, you know, I kind of had those three. And then, like, uh, Ezekiel Elliott were, like, the top four in my mind, even though he was going through his, like, contract stuff or whatever. But I'm in two leagues. I play in my Alaska league, I call it. I'm in a league with my two brothers and a bunch of friends. They all live up here. And then I'm in a Las Vegas league, I call it, which is uh, when I used to live in Las Vegas, all these people I work with um, all have a league down there too. And in that league, I had like the fourth pick and I took Ezekiel Elliott. And I made the playoffs in both, but I I mean, we have 12 people in our league and I I was squeaked in at eight in in my one league and I I finished eighth. I I lost and lost and then lost. And then I I can't remember how I did my Las Vegas league. I think I made it to the uh, semifinals or something like that and like took a loss and they do just... One, my Las Vegas league is so damn weird. They have so many weird rules, and they try to like mimic an actual NFL schedule. So there's multiple, there's like three times during the season where, where you'll play two teams in the same week. So at the end, you'll have a 16 game season. Yeah, no, it's really weird. PPR. Yeah, losing. yeah, no, yeah. but yeah, but it's also based on a lot of uh, like bonuses rather than uh, you know like what's more important. You got to have like three touchdowns, or you got to have 100 yards and like 10 catches and no touchdowns. Well, probably the three touchdowns in actual football, but in this league, you get like like one point per catch, then you get uh, one point per 10 yards, and then you get 10 points if you go over 100. You get like a 10-point bonus like that. Yeah, it's just wow. insane. It's so weird, and they're they're so different. But, uh, I mean, I did okay. Yeah. And then Dylan, un- unfortunately, <laughs> he won the league, and now he's now – me and him were actually used to be tied for like the winningest person in our – in our league together for the Alaska League, and and we've been in the league since like '06, and then he ended up winning, so now he's got the edge on me. Oh man, bastard! Who are, who are his top two picks? Uh, I don't. You know, he. The weird thing is, so he always complains about not getting a top five pick, and this has happened like six years in a row. Well, being just like a stat nerd, like as well, I actually went back and like looked at our old draft, and like it's some insane. Like seven of the last ten champions have all drafted from like the 10, 11, or twelve spot. Mm. Dylan had the twelve spot this year, and I think he took like Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, like back to back or something like that. Those back to back picks can make. Oh yeah, picks. especially like in that first round. Like yeah. you know, I was kind of was like, man, you know, if you have the top four pick, you're gonna get one of like these elite running backs, right? But then after that, you have like the little middle ground where like you're still gonna get a solid pick, but when it comes back. You're either going to be getting kind of like a lower-tiered mm-hmm. running back or even a lower-tiered wide receiver. 
And so I'd almost rather have a pick at the end, like a 10 or 11 or 12, because you're still getting a solid first round, and you're still getting some of those, some, some of those good guys that can be like kind of on the fence on right. if they're a first rounder or not. How's your fantasy? Are you you get like super into it? I get super into it. Yeah, I'm on a bit of a drought. I'm one in a while, but uh, <laughs> no, it's I get super into it for sure. Random question: Do you remember? Do you know what your fantasy football like team name is? Do you change it every year? Let's see. Go what the same my, thing? I, I change it every year. I'm trying to think what mine. Try to go something are. serious, something funny. Yeah. Just for my for my Las Vegas thing. league, my team is King in the North, which is a. Uh, Game of Thrones reference as well as the fact that all these people that I play with are from like Las Vegas or like live down there so it's like fitting yeah. and then for here I, as weird as it is I always go with the great Aristotle and it's just <laughs> been something I remember Shaquille O'Neal back in the day said something about calling himself the big Aristotle and for whatever oh, yeah. reason I thought he said the great Aristotle and I've taken that and I've ran with that for like years <laughs> and I mean like years <laughs> And that's just always just been my thing. I usually try to take a player on my team and do some kind of pun or something. Sure, yeah. It's probably stupid. But some punny name. Mine was Osequan UC. Osequan UC. Oh, okay. Very clever. That's awesome. Were you a good student when you were in high school? Yeah, I was a pretty good student. I never had to try super hard in high school. I don't think that doing M high school's education was super like <laughs> I didn't have any like uh, AP classes or anything like right. that but but I, I I've not always a bad enjoyed student, but not like an exceptionally you know like yeah. go above and beyond yeah type. I've, I've always enjoyed learning and so there's certain things that I you know probably learned more about outside of of class just sure. just from pure interest than I did high school but um I was I was pretty pretty focused on, on wrestling in high school but in basketball and and I I did what I needed to do to make sure I was always eligible and right. it was never too difficult I was in student government for a little bit what about now are you a good student now same same type of student yeah yeah I've got my shit together now um UAF's been really good good for me um, I'm graduating this spring oh congrats what uh, are you uh, graduating in I have a degree in earth science and oh, cool. a minor in geology. So. Oh, sweet. What brought you to UAF? So after after that season, I wrestled in North Idaho. I grew up Mormon, so I was uh, always felt some, not from my parents, but just like the culture of, of being a Mormon, kind of felt some pressure to go on a mission. And so I went on a mission, and after about six Where'd months, you go? I went to Denver, oh, okay. which is, it's, it's Mostly random, and I, yeah, you know, wow. big, big Denver fans. So. You're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so I spent my whole time talking about the Broncos instead of the gospel, and I, you know. but, um, so uh, after six months, you know, I realized it wasn't for me, and probably should have realized that before I went. But, <laughs> but it was it was a really good experience. I don't regret it at all because I learned I learned how to be really organized and sure. manage my time, and I came back from that and decided just to focus on school, get my degree, and I've. You know, been a much better student from since then. So, what do you think of UAF? It's good. I like it. There, you know, I like to go ice fishing. I do a little trapping. So, the winters can be brutal for sure. Thank God we got some sun again. But uh-huh. especially this last this last winter in particular has been pretty crappy. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I, I like UAF. It's it's small and but Fairbanks isn't too small. And yeah, it's kind it's of a good fit for me for sure. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but let's talk about siblings. So do you just have the four brothers? I've got four brothers and one sister. Okay. And then your sister is older, younger? She's older, so I'm the fifth. 
Okay. Fifty six. Yeah. Perfect. So, are you close with all of your siblings, or just a couple in particular, or anything? Yeah, yeah. We're all. We're and you all have one that close. lives here, right? Yeah, my little brother lives here. He's That's your little school. brother. Yeah, he okay. does some uh, does some refing here. Yeah, we're all really close. In fact, this I just got back up here from when my buddies run the Iditarod this year, his first year. So my girlfriend and I went down and we helped him start. And uh, and so I, I got to hang out with my sister and my niece and nephew and I got to hang out. She lives in Wasilla. Oh, perfect. And then I got to hang out with my brother Andrew and his girlfriend in Anchorage. And uh, yeah, no, we're all really close. A tight knit. Yeah. That's pretty cool. We've got a couple more questions and we're going to wrap it up. But uh, we're going to get back on the wrestling thing a little bit. This is always a hard question just because it's just, it's like a what if kind of thing. But is there anything that you wish you could change about your wrestling career at all? Anything from maybe when you were younger, or, I don't know, after high school or whatever? I wish I would have had more opportunities to uh, go to national tournaments in, in uh, high school, mostly just because uh, my buddy Darren Davis always gives me shit because he's an All-American because he went and won in some tournament at 103 with like five people in it. <laughs> just kidding, Darren. But, uh, yeah, no, I wish I would have, you know, just, just had the opportunity to travel a little bit more. But, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't regret much. Is there anyone that you wish you could have wrestled again or someone you never got to wrestle that you wanted? Bo Nickel, three-time national champ from Penn State, wrestled him at Reno. And I took him down two or three times, it was a real close match, and he caught me and pinned me, I think in the third. And so, man, a win over him would be a, <laughs> a hell of a bragging point. But uh, so that, yeah, that's my big, my big regret there. And then uh, we got two more for you. Who is the toughest person, or maybe more, uh, that you can think of that you wrestled in the state of Alaska? Shoot, your brother Dylan. Uh, we wrestled. We don't. We wrestled twice. We wrestled in eighth grade and ninth grade. In eighth grade, he beat me. We wrestled at Greco State, and I think he had an arm me four times. I'm surprised he didn't. Probably why I got neck problems. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, so he beat me Greco, and then and I beat him at Lancer the next year. And, and that we, I'm kind of surprised we never never met up again throughout high school. But, yeah, it's surprising because you guys are relatively similar weight classes, or at least close. Yeah, at least two of the years, I think, we were the same weight class, maybe three. And then Abe Fox. Abe Fox is the only person that beat me in high school in Alaska. And we went back and forth. We split freshman year. We split sophomore year. And then I went 2-0 against him after that. In fact, probably my maybe my favorite match of my high school career was against Abe Fox. Our senior year at Reno, we were both on the backside. And the winner placed and the loser went home. And... Abe Fox is always stylistically, I don't match up very well against him. He's a good leg rider and I'd struggled on the mat a little bit. And so I was like, man, this is you know, this is what it comes down to, or our sixth time ever wrestling throughout our high school career and it's That's crazy that you guys matched up too outside of the right, state. Right, right. So and for possibly your last match in high school. Right. And uh, I just was finally totally able to open up and I I beat him by like seven or eight points and just nice, really just wrestled time. the best match by far that I've ever wrestled against him. And, nice. and Yeah, so that was... Yeah, and he was a stud. Like, I mean, he yeah. was a, uh, a three-time finalist, two-time state champ, and he actually he, he should have been a 
a four-time finalist and a three-time state champ, but his sophomore year, he didn't make weight for regionals. That's right. Uh, and he was like a shoe-in for, like, he was smashing everybody his weight class that, that particular season, and uh, obviously that was unfortunate. But, yeah, I mean, he was he was a stud. Let's talk about your, what do you think your biggest strengths and weaknesses were? Biggest strengths, uh, my, my brother Andrew, who's, he's the third of six, so he graduated a year before I got into high school. And he came back from college after taking like several weightlifting classes and like he, he got me on this program and I I never stopped. I used the same program throughout high school and worked out every you know, just about every day during the off season and I I like training. I, I got stressed out if I didn't do something even you know, every day in the summer or whatnot. And so just just uh I think my biggest strength was just the drive that I had for accomplishing my goals and just the just the the support system that I had coaching, you know, through family and yeah, I was just really sure. lucky. What about weakness? Biggest leg riding thing? What's that? The leg riding thing? Leg riding. It would yeah, it would probably be leg riding, yeah. yeah. Honestly. Um I was never good at cutting weight and there, you know, probably leg riding. And head and arms, head and arms. Head and arms and leg riding. Still about that one, yeah. Um, and then I guess actually I have one more question. Well, two more kind of, but one I meant to actually ask earlier, but I forgot to actually put it back into my notes here. You know, you talked about being stressed out a lot. Did you feel a lot of pressure in, in high school to do well? Yeah, definitely. Was, was that pressure created by yourself? Or was yeah. That, okay. Well, I, I mean, so it wasn't as much as people around you expecting you to do good. It was your own expectations or a little bit of both maybe? Or Probably what? a little bit of both. I mean, I was, I was a really good wrestler and it's a, it's a small community and everyone's rooting for you and you know that and you don't you don't want to let them down and but I I'm, I think that most of it was just you know created by myself and but yeah I put a lot of pressure on myself and and I don't regret it because it was a huge motivator and uh, but it was after that fourth title it was like a relief like, right yeah. like sometimes it was uh, I was more afraid to lose than I was excited to win it seemed like and so I'd say to to kids in high school like there's there's a healthy balance there. Don't take it too seriously. I mean, if you're gonna wrestle, give it everything you got. But yeah, don't take it too seriously. I guess don't forget to don't forget to enjoy it. Have some fun. Develop a way of training to where you enjoy going in every single day, and you're not too terrified of losing. You're not afraid of. It's not the end of the world, no matter what. If it's a state finals, if it's a national championships, if it's in front of your home crowd, it's just. It's just a sport at the end of the day. Yeah. So just another learning experience, yeah, right? Yeah. And then my final question or whatever, which you kind of touched base on, but do you have another particular favorite match or favorite moment from your wrestling career? Was it maybe winning that fourth title? Uh, of course, yeah. But um, probably my last, my last match in front of the home crowd, which was Regions my senior year. I was able to have it at home. Oh, that's cool. We had a spotlight, you know, sure. the gym was darked out, and uh, I hit a super duck, and I needed an abyss roll, and I was just having nice. a lot of fun, and yeah. just to, you know, just uh, such a great support in that community in Dillingham, it was, it was, it was a pretty emotional experience to wrestle there for, for the last time, and uh, yeah, I'll always have very fond memories of that match as well. Perfect. Well, that's all I have for the interview. I, I mean, this was awesome. We'll have to do this again sometime, talk some, some other stuff. But uh, that being said, I wish you all the best in the future and whatnot. And uh, thanks for coming on my podcast, man. Yeah, I thanks, Dennis. Uh, appreciate what you do for the sport of wrestling and enjoy your podcast. Thanks, man.
Well, that does it for this episode of the Alaskan Grappler podcast. I'd like to thank Jared again for taking the time out of his day to come over to my house and talk wrestling as well as some other things. I have more podcasts coming very soon, so be on the lookout for those. I'd like to thank each and every person who listens to the podcast. If you are listening through YouTube, please like and subscribe. And if you are listening through Spotify or the Alaskan Grappler website, thank you for the continued support. That being said, stay tuned for more of the Alaskan Grappler podcast.